Welcome to another episode of Topical with Michael Schaefer. I'm once again writing solo this week. I did it for the first time last week. I just spoke out loud for 20 minutes and it was quite exciting to see kind of where my brain went. Unfortunately, I forgot to tell my fiance that I was recording a podcast by myself. So she was in the room next to this just thinking I had absolutely lost my mind. But this week I'm back with a brand new episode and some very exciting things in the news this week. Today I'll be discussing why I disagree with the Victorian government's decision to ban the swastika. Meanwhile, News Corp wants you to believe that there's a war on mothers. I'll give you the lowdown on that. And I never thought I'd say this, but Scott Morrison is copying some flack in the media. And I am, I'm rushing to his defense, to be quite honest. But first, let's play the intro music to signal that some acerbic social commentary is on its way. That's one small step for podcast. One giant leap for comedy. We are stripped down and ready to go. I'll never surrender. But I ain't spending any time on it. Please explain. I'm going to. Okay. Welcome back to the show. Firstly, I want to apologize for not putting out an episode last week. Unfortunately, I had to go in for an operation, which kind of knocked me out for a few days. But the good news is that I'm back now. I'm stronger than ever. And I'm very lucky that the nurses at Epworth Richmond gave me a lot of oxycodone to take home. And I don't really need it because I'm feeling fine. So if anyone wants some, I will be selling them for $50 a pill. It's five milligrams, pretty good deal. Uh, Just get in touch with me over the dark web. I think you just have to Google dark web and that should take you to the site. Uh, And use the promo code topical with Michael Schaefer for 10% off at checkout. Some podcasts do merch. I'm doing opioids because I know that's what the people want. By the way, that's a joke. There's no discount. Now, if you're a Nazi, I've got some bad news for you. First of all, you're listening to the wrong podcast. I don't know who recommended my podcast to you, but they are evidently not your friend. Second of all, if you're a Nazi in Victoria, I've got further bad news. Because recently, the state of Victoria has banned the public display of the swastika. It's the first jurisdiction in the country to do it. Now, the legislation does come into effect in six months from now. So, if you've ever wanted to publicly display the swastika, you've got six months just to get that out of your system, okay? Because after that, you're going to get a fine and potentially go to jail. Now, you're probably thinking, Michael, you're a big old Jew. You must think this is a great idea. First of all, thank you for addressing me with my correct pronouns, big old Jew. But I actually don't think this is a good idea and not for the obvious reason because, look, some people will think you can't ban the swastika because that's interfering with freedom of speech. I'm not really too worried about that side of things. I'm against the banning of the swastika because it makes it harder to know who to punch. You see, like one of the helpful things that Nazis can do is to publicly identify themselves as Nazis so we know who to attack. You know, I, I see the swastika as a hate symbol, but also a target. So sometimes I'll put it on their neck. Sometimes I'll even put it on, on the forehead. And I just see that as them kind of instructing us where 
the punch should land. So I, this is my solution. I think you should be allowed to wear the swastika and display it publicly if you choose. But I also think that it should be open slather and anyone should be allowed to come along and punch you. Just see who really wants to display it. Now, I know what you're thinking now. You're probably thinking, Michael, you big old Jew. You can't commit violence against Nazis. And I would respond to that by saying you absolutely can do that. In fact, if you go and look at history, there was a six-year period. I'm not sure if you've heard about this time in the 20th century, but there was a six-year period between about 1939 and 1945 where actually a lot of violence was committed against the Nazis, and I think quite rightly so. I would also add that I'm not advocating that we kill Nazis. I'm not, I mean, if, it, if we have to, yes, but I'm not saying we have to go out and kill Nazis. I think just a punch is mostly sufficient. I think you can punch the fascism out of people. I really believe that. I mean, as a kid, when I would disobey my parents, they would go and get a wooden spoon and smack me and that would smack like a wooden spoon was enough to smack the disobedience out of me so i would have thought a punch would be enough to smack fascism and bigotry out i'm just working off that logic my point is we used to kill nazis so surely punching them is fine i mean i think that if you punched a nazi even they would have to admit oh, well, this is better than what they used to do to us back in the 20th century. I mean, we all know what we did to Nazis. That's my point. I mean, we've all seen Inglorious Bastards. We've all seen that historically accurate account of World War II. We all saw what happened to Hitler at the end of that movie, riddled with bullets. You know, I think that was taken from a documentary. My point being is I think a punch in comparison is perfectly reasonable. I will add this. This is my only ever real experience being close or near to a confirmed neo-Nazi, which was a few years ago, there was a guy, I don't know why I'm pointing over my shoulder like he's there right now, but there was a guy who was seen a few times just around uh, the local Jewish suburbs here in Melbourne. Uh, He was wearing a Port Adelaide football club jumper and a swastika armband. I know, two awful, awful symbols of hate. Now, because he was wearing the swastika armband, it made it very easy for people to identify who to punch. You know, if he wasn't wearing the armband, we'd have no idea that he was a Nazi. Which means, like, if I wanted to punch that guy, I'd have to punch all 60,000 Port Adelaide supporters to get to him and probably end up punching, you know, 10,000 Nazis or approximately. By the way, that's um, a joke about Port Adelaide supporters being bigots, which I once told in Adelaide a few years ago. I said that joke on stage about punching the Port Adelaide swastika dude and it really divided the room, I have to say, uh, because the Adelaide Crows fans loved it, absolutely loved it and the Nazis hated it. They were not on board with that joke at all. So I guess my point is that It's hard to find comedy that unites everyone. As a side note, by the way, South Australia is also considering banning the swastika 
MP Sarah Game introduced the bill to Parliament the other day, and when asked about her motivation, she said, because it's the right thing to do, morally and ethically, and that's been my only influence. Now, I was surprised to learn which party she represents. You're probably thinking, oh, probably just another bleeding heart Greens lefty. No, uh, she's actually a member of Pauline Hanson's One Nation Party. Isn't that crazy? Like a member from the party that is synonymous with racism, bigotry and xenophobia is passing a bill to fight against anti-Semitism. It's so incongruent. It would be like a Greens candidate making their next campaign slogan, Stop the Boats. It's just so unexpected. Good on her. I have to say it's good on Sarah Game for taking a stand and committing to her beliefs. I really look forward to seeing which party she joins next after she's kicked out of One Nation for violating their values. Another thing that people are trying to ban this week is, drumroll, mothers. That's right, mothers are being banned. Well, that's what you would believe if you've been reading News Corp. You see, there was a little story this week about a new Medicare form which was given to parents and they were asked for information about the child's birthing parent. So instead of asking for information about the mother, they asked for information about the birthing parent. So they've used the, they've used the term birthing parent in place of the term mother. Now, one woman got upset by this and she tweeted about it. The Daily Telegraph picked up the tweet, wrote an entire article about it because that's what journalism is. And then the government changed the forms and went back to mother instead of birthing parent. Now, I think that if you are so upset about the term birthing parent that you campaign for it to be changed, I think there should be a separate box on the form where you can also identify as a Karen because I think that applies to you just as much as the term mother. I will say this though, I do empathize with mothers who want to be called mothers. I do empathize with that. As a kid, I once got into a big fight uh, with my mum, and so I called her Susan instead of mum. I did that for a day until she eventually uh, beat the shit out of me with a wooden spoon. It worked. But I do think it's strange to demand that the government call you mother. It's weird to be like, no, Anthony Albanese, you better call me mother. It's so strange that that's so important to you. I find that as strange as when uh, the people of Western Australia started calling Mark McGowan daddy. For me, that's just as awful. So my point is this. The people of WA should not call Mark McGowan daddy. Neither should you demand that the government call you mummy. That's my take on the issue. And speaking of politicians who should never be called daddy, which is a very good segue that I just wrote now in my mind. Former Prime Minister Scott Morrison gave a sermon at a church that has triggered tremendous outcry. So he's giving his sermon and he said this. This is the quote from Scott Morrison. He's talking about 
trusting in God over earthly beings like governments. So he said, we trust in him, him being God. Apologies for the gendered language here, but I don't think Scott Morrison is up to date with the correct pronouns for the Almighty. Scott Morrison said, we trust in him. We don't trust in governments. We don't trust in United Nations. Thank goodness. We dig at the United Nations. But anyway, he went on to say, we don't trust in all of these things, fine as they might be, and as important as the role that they play. If you are putting your faith in those things, like I put my faith in the Lord, you are making a mistake. So basically giving a speech, encouraging people to put their faith into God as opposed to the government. And I, I will say this, a lot of people agree with him, you know, because and I personally kind of agree with him too, because, you know, while he was prime minister, I did not put any trust or faith in the government. So for him to say that shows a tremendous amount of self-reflection and insight that I didn't think the man was capable of achieving. But I will say this, people are attacking him, I think quite unfairly, because people are saying, oh, he's sowing doubt in our government. He's sowing doubt in our institutions. But you have to consider the context of this speech, okay? So he's giving a sermon at a church. He's not trying to sow doubt in our institutions. He's just trying to show his commitment and love to the Almighty. I mean, he's talking about how God is the best. I mean, of course he's going to say that. He's at a church. I think just a lot of shit seems weird when you take it out of a religious setting. That's kind of my point. You know, you see a man dunking a child into a bowl of water on the street. Of course you're going to be freaked out by that. But you see a man doing that in a church and it's a baptism, right? You know, you see a, a bloke snipping off a baby's foreskin in the park. Obviously, you would call the police if you saw that. You see that in a synagogue, you say Mazel Tov. My point is that context is everything. And I think that this clip, which was him delivering a sermon at a church, has been taken out of context. And it's a bit unfair to Scott Morrison. And I, this is the reason why I kind of empathize with it is because the same thing happens with comedians. So comedians will go into a comedy club and they'll tell a joke and that's the correct context for a joke. A comedy club, everyone's gone there with the expectation that these are going to be jokes and nothing literal is going to be said. And then what happens is the comedian will post that joke online or perhaps it gets edited and posted online. All of a sudden, the context is lost. And it no longer seems like someone is telling a joke. It just seems like someone is making an awful statement. So, my point is this. I empathize with Scott Morrison as a comedian. And might I just make this recommendation to him that in the future, he should not record the sermons he gives at churches. I would go so far as to say he should not record any speeches he makes at all. Firstly, because I think it'll stop him from being taken out of context. And secondly, because no one wants to hear from him anyway. That's why we voted you out. So do your speeches, but don't record them. Just let it stay in the room. Well, that is today's show. Thanks for listening. I look forward to 
half the things I've said today have been taken out of context in a bid to cancel me, that'll be great. It'll be good for my career. If you like the podcast, feel free to give it a nice review. That would be nice or tell a friend about it. If you have any feedback, I welcome feedback. Get in touch on the socials. Tell me what you like. Do you like when I have a guest? Do you prefer when I just ramble to myself? I've also got some live shows on sale in Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, Nary Warren. Warnable is going to be on sale soon. I've been trying to get there for a while. Hopefully, I'll get there later this year. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next week. Thank you.